The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Amen. I'll go ahead and invite you to have a seat. We are going to continue to look at his love for us, our love for him, the relationship that we have with him as we look at Psalm 63. And it's Valentine's Day Sunday, too, so we had to talk about love, but our love relationship with him will be the focus. Valentine's Day Sunday, you with me? Got the Red Cross, right? Red, red Cross. Hey, I've heard of that. Uh, we got a uh, red sweater. We're ready for Valentine's Day. Unfortunately, I have to start uh, seriously with a little bit of negativity, I guess, about love relationships as, as we begin here because um, well, Francis and I, unfortunately, have some friends that uh, they got to the place where, you know, their kids moved out of the house, the empty nesters. And, uh, and we have a couple couples, I think one was a bit of a, a shock and the other was a major shock, that when their kids moved out, they decided they didn't really love each other, they didn't have anything in common, they didn't have much of a relationship, and they split. And, uh, you know, I don't think that is all that uncommon. We have, our kids have some friends that have gone through the same thing, and, uh, you know, still the heartache like that, that they, uh, that they were married, you know, they had the marriage certificate and everything, but they never really built much of a relationship. Okay, um, then we, you also think that sometimes there are people that are just in love with the concept of marriage, but not really with the person that happens sometimes. Um, it, I was uh, doing some premarital counseling recently, and the guy was pretty upset because he said, he said I don't think she really loves me. She just loves this, this wedding. She's all about the wedding. I said, just take a pill. It'll be all right. I said, just get through the wedding. I said, I don't think there's too many grooms that didn't feel like that at some point as far as the wedding goes, that the wife is more, that the bride is more in love with the wedding than she is with him. I said, that's just the wedding thing. I said, try to get by that. I appreciate this. When my son was getting married, there was a bunch of things going wrong that day. Uh, the, the parents had rented, her parents had rented a limousine uh, for them and the wedding party. And the, and it was like, they got the time wrong and it didn't show up. And when it finally showed up, it got a flat tire and the whole wedding party on the way to the wedding is sitting beside the road. And uh, I remember her very calmly, not bridezilla at all. Okay. My, now my daughter, well, never mind. Sometimes she listens, honey, you were wonderful, really. Uh, but, um, but uh, not bridezilla at all. My daughter-in-law went, uh, that's okay. At the end of the day, I'll be married to Travis. And I thought, oh, isn't that beautiful? Give me an aw or something there. Oh, isn't, isn't that sweet? But, you know, sometimes uh, we're, okay, our faith is kind of like a passport. What I mean by that is you get it, you go through the everything, and you get that, and you want to have that when it's time to go or when you need it, but that's all our faith is. You know, it's just there, you know, and, and we're going to have to dig it up, and we're going to have to find it, and we're going to have to exercise it when we need it. But that's not really what God has called us to. God has called us to a, if you want to say, a love life with him, a love relationship with him where we're growing in that relationship, and that relationship is maturing, and we know him. Unfortunately, many of us are romantically challenged, okay, like these guys, the three Oh, click. There we go. Uh, before, <laughs> you want to see that again? Uh, 
Before I jump into that, I have to uh, I have to say these words. Uh, hi, I'm Dan, and I'm romantically challenged. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I, I right before. Yeah, I know. Well, she knows the story I'm about to tell. I think. Uh, I try. I do a little bus driving for Edwardsburg over here. I like to take a trip once a week if I can. So like the, on the end of the week, they'll send me out the schedule for next week. And I pick out, you know, a trip that works for me if, if one does. And I looked at the schedule for this week and I thought, ah, I think I'm free on Wednesday and there's a trip. And uh, so on Valentine's Day, <laughs> if you're wondering what Dan and Fran will be doing, Dan, uh, Fran will be sitting home by herself. Dan will be on a bus and Papa. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So, hi, my name's Dan. I'm romantically challenged. And uh I messed it up, messed it up pretty good there. But um, what I want to look at is that this idea of in our love life with Jesus, I think a lot of times we are challenged in that way. This doesn't come natural for us to say that we have a love life with Jesus, that we uh, even... I'm, I'm working on uh, through an app that encourages me at different times. It'll say, okay, now take a few minutes and just tell Jesus that you love him. And you think, boy, that would be as natural as could be to say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. But I have had to train myself to do that because, again, in my background, in my personality, that's not how I start my prayers. That's how I'd like to a whole lot more, but it's not how I've started a lot of my prayers. So learning to develop this love relationship. And uh, as I said, you know, I think Psalm 63 is going to give us a ton of help there as far as growing uh, in this, as far as being a lot less romantically challenged. Okay, so here we go. Verse number one. Uh, By the way, this is a psalm that David wrote uh, when he was in the wilderness, most likely when he was on the run from King Saul before he ever be tw- became king. So he's in the wilderness, he's in the desert before he ever became king. There are some who think maybe it was while he was in exile later on running from Absalom, but most would believe that it was before he was ever king. I want you to keep that idea in mind. He says, oh God, my God. Okay, there's a lot of other gods out there. You are my God. There's a lot of other names of gods that aren't real. And he says this, earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That expression, earnestly seek, I earnestly seek for you. If anybody's looking at the King James Version, uh, and or you might even remember this verse, but it says, early in the morning will I seek you. Rather than earnestly, it says early. Uh, so I looked up a, a bunch, kind of studying into it. I do think the idea of earnestness captures it better, but the early is the same idea because it's like first on my list. This is the first thing. This is the priority. This is the longing of my heart. I want uh, to know you better. I want to be closer to you. I want to seek you. I want to knock. I want to ask uh, for you to be part of my life. God has given us a capacity. Listen, God has given you a capacity for a relationship with him. Okay? There's a thirst inside of us for that. Okay, we, we want to develop that there. We want to uh, seek him like that. So David starts off and he, and he says that. He says very simply, God, I, I search, search for you. I earnestly seek you. I want to know you better. So in verse number two, he says, I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. 
I had, uh, I think it was uh, Yogi Berra who said, uh, I'm having that deja vu all over again. But um, I'm having a little deja vu here this morning because I remember, this is, this is weird, but it was quite a while ago, the second time I ever preached at this church, I was not the pastor, I was just filling the pulpit, and I remember I preached a verse from Psalm 73 that talked about going into the sanctuary. Why is that deja vu? That day, and this is the only other time it's ever happened in my life, I did something on my back, and I was having back spasms, <laughs> and I was kind of preaching like this a little bit, and yesterday I got up, and I was looking at this passage, and my back spasmed again. Uh, I think it's 11 years later, the only time I've ever had it, but I was in deja vu remembering that idea of the sanctuary. And I remember on that day coming in here and uh, as a guest, I'm sitting here and they were passing out the award for the one who had won the fantasy football league in the church. And I think Mike Kanabi came up and he grabbed the football and he chucked it back to the winner. And I thought the sanctuary, what is that? When we say sanctuary, we're not talking about this room. If you want to call it a sanctuary, that's fine, but that's not what it is talking about. This is a room. In fact, I know Pastor Josh has ordered a giant bounce house that will be here in a few weeks at the end of the upward thing over here where they have an obstacle course uh, over here. And this room probably still on Sunday morning will smell like Chick-fil-A sandwiches big time. So uh, so come with something to snack on so you can make it through the, the service because I think he's ordered 18,000. How many? 1,300. Oh, I exaggerated slightly. 1,300 Chick-fil-A sandwiches he, he, he's ordered. And uh, yeah, so it's going to smell like that. But this room is not what we're talking about when we say I want to meet God in the sanctuary. Sanctuary is going to be that place where I meet God. And I want to highly recommend to you when you talk about this love life that you find that place. Now, maybe it is not a little physical place. Maybe it is a, um, uh, you know, just a, a uh, circumstance in which you find, but you make this a regular part of your life that I I will stop and sit and spend some time with God or stand or walk or whatever it is, but I'm going to find that place because there needs to be this place in my life where I desire to meet God in the sanctuary. I remember too, this is weird, but I remember that we sang a song that uh, was part of a worship package back then where it was like, God prepare me to be a sanctuary. I remember that song, but it's that idea of I want this closeness to him. I want this relationship with him. Verse number three, he says, because your steadfast love, look at that phrase, is better than life. Because your steadfast love is better than life. Now stop with me for a second and think about what he's saying there. What do you think of when you think of life? Well, that is our greatest possession. I mean, that is the something I sacrifice for. That is the most important thing going is just life. But the psalmist writes here, David, and he says, no, wait a minute. Your love, this relationship is more valuable to me even than that. What's the worst thing that can happen is to lose your life? No. The worst thing that can happen would be to die without Jesus Christ. Okay, and so your this relationship, this steadfast love, it is better than life itself. The psalmist goes on. So I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands just to remind you for a second. That expression uh, from Scripture is lifting up your hands shows a couple different things. One is what what do you see? What am I doing right now? I am. I'm praising. Okay, good. I am surrendering. I surrender uh, like that. But it is an act of surrender. It is an act of receiving too and raising your hands. Uh, but he says, I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm going to bless you. What I want you to notice here, again, and where he is. He is in the wilderness and he's praising. I got, I got a tough story here to tell you, but, um, but I feel like it's worth taking a minute to do this. 
um, I guess it was about six weeks ago, Francis and I were visiting in my son's church in Wyoming. Their church is, has some similarities to ours. Uh, their building used to be something else. Now, ours was a warehouse of made something at one time. Maybe somebody knows. I don't know what they made. <gasps> what they make? Georgie Boy. Oh, RV. Okay. <laughs> Is that a doll? I don't know whether. Uh, okay. But the, uh, but, but the, uh, their church, they have three giant, uh, like, uh, for semi truck stall doors in the church. And then the lobby is all cement, uh, like that. So it's pretty open like that. In fact, the day before we were there, my son was in there with some guys from the church and they were slaughtering cows. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You think Chick-fil-A smells anyway. Uh, but, uh, but they but it, it, it is totally a country church. I mean, they they are in this town, Newcastle, Wyoming, which it is, it's a small town, but not only is it a small town, it's the biggest town anywhere around. And it's a small town. I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but, uh, but we went, went in this church and, the, uh, the Francis had gotten to go to a ladies thing on Saturday and met some of the ladies and, and the people we really connected with them when we went in on Sunday morning this time, last time we didn't. But, uh, but anyway, um, the pastor got up that morning and uh, he's probably around 55, something like that. Uh, his wife, the same, and he got up and he, and, uh, he was telling the story about his wife who had been diagnosed with, uh, stage four cancer of multiple places in her body. Uh, they had gone to Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. You have three to six months. And, uh, and they came back and they were sharing that news in church. Now, here, here's the thing that kind of grabs you here. The pastor actually wasn't preaching that day, but he and his wife and their kids got up and led worship. I got to tell you, that was some of the most heartfelt worship that I have ever experienced. And where were they? They were in the desert, if you will. And I say that to say, and I, I, you know, hopefully this doesn't sound like preacher speak and easy for you to say, this is something that I know is so helpful when there are those times in our life where God feels distant, when there are those times in our life where I'm in the desert, I can highly recommend you take some time and praise the Lord. If that means put on a song of praise and sing it along, if that means bow your head and think of the things for which you can be thankful, I think it is an incredibly uh, powerful exercise in your walk with him is to learn to praise him in the desert. Okay, I, ho I hope that sunk in. I, ho I hope you hold on to that because that is such an important principle uh, to go forward with in life. Verse number five, then he says this, my soul will be satisfied with fat and rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. He says uh, fat and rich food. He said that which is nourishing, that which is enjoyable. Okay, my soul will be satisfied. People are looking for something to fill up their lives and they're substituting power and they're substituting money and they're substituting uh, drugs and they're substituting sex and they're substituting everything else to try to find some type of satisf satisfaction. And the satisfaction is found in this relationship with Jesus. Verse number six, he says, when I remember you upon my bed, I meditate you. Uh, on you in the watches of the night. I wrote down the phrase there near at night, just uh, because for me, and, and I mentioned this before, and, and I've grown a little bit in this area. Um, I'm not the type of person who wakes up in the middle of the night, can't sleep and says, Jesus, I need to talk to you. 
what I do is I punch the pillow. Oh, can I sleep? Uh, I'm not real mature about that whole thing. However, there I have been making a little progress on that, and and that is that if you know it's if it's early after four o'clock, and I know I'm some, I can't I'm not going to get back to sleep. I used to go out and just give up, and so I'd stop bothering my wife, tossing and turning. I'd go out and I'd put on the TV. And, you know, uh, we had antenna TV, so I'd be watching, like, I Dream of Genie reruns, <laughs> ah, whatever, uh, like that or, or, or something like that. And uh, I, I have made a little progress. I'm still not in the middle of the night lying in my bed thinking, Lord, I want to talk to you. But I have learned when I get to that place where I know I'm up to go out and instead of putting on the TV, stop and spend some time with the Lord. And it's pretty sweet, I got to tell you. Learning to do this is pretty sweet, just from experience. I'm really, li- I'm really liking this. In fact, sometimes it's like I'm uh, more anxious. Yeah, might as well get up. Uh, get to do that. But watch what the psalmist says. He says, in, in the night, when I'm on my bed, I'm going to meditate upon you. It's going to be sweet during that time. I want to have that. Verse number seven, for you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. Now, think about that concept of the shadow of wings. One of the songs we sang, I think it was one where Rachel was leading the hymn, uh, was talking about those wings. Uh, I, I remember we, we sang that this morning. But what do you think of when you think of being protected by his wings? You know, one of the faces of God in Scripture is the face of an eagle. Um, pictured very well in the, in the book of John, but, uh, but he is that, that eagle who spreads his wings. Now, there's times, of course, when the eagle stirs the nest and, and uh, tells us, you know, that we need to, uh, you know, move, move a little bit and get going on some things, but we think about that shelter of the wings. We think about the protection. We think about that. There's another concept about wings that I want you to realize, too. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, if you're a little bit familiar with the Ark of the Covenant by, b- beyond the Indiana Jones movie, uh, you might know that uh, the Ark of the Covenant on top of it has the, the uh, angel, the seraphims, and, and it has the wings there. And the place between the wings is, was seen as then with as a picture of the dwelling place of God. Okay, so once again, I think when we think about his wings, the shelter that he has, or when we think about his wings, uh, we're talking about, yes, the protection and the shelter, but also his very presence, that we are invited, it, invited into that, that we're invited to know him and know him better. Verse number eight, he says this, my soul clings to you and your right hand upholds me. The right hand was the, the hand we think of as strength. And God is going to, like a strong gorilla glue, is going to hold on to us. That word cling is the same word that is used in the book of Genesis chapter 1 when it talks about the husband and wife shall uh, become one. And let me, uh, I mentioned this last week as far as posture of prayer. There's definitely different postures in the prayer uh, in the scripture that you bow down, that you raise your, that you raise your hands. One of the ones that is not not in scripture is folding my hands or putting them like this or folding them together. However, the source behind that, where they, where, why that started to do is that gives us a picture of the union with Christ. Okay. The coming together like that. So it, again, even better is went like that to, to give that picture. Now, please understand, I'm not suggesting in any of these things, this is how you must pray. The Bible doesn't say that, but it does give us a cool picture of this idea of union, this clinging, this inseparable. This is what I want to grow into. This is what I want to develop more and more that I can know him, that I can know uh, him in that tightness and in that closeness of a relationship. Verses nine and 10 
the psalmist goes on. He says, those who seek to destroy my life shall go down in the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a, a portion for the jackals. As we draw close to him, we realize that he can fight our battles so much better than we ever could. A life that could be consumed by vengeance uh, doesn't have to be anymore because God is on my side. He'll take care of things better than I could ever imagine doing. So God will deal with my enemies and I can surrender that to him. Really such a, a place of health that I am no longer living in bitterness or seeking revenge uh, because of my closeness to God. He goes on and an interesting phrase. He says, but the king shall rejoice in God. Um, as I, as I read through the background of what is being written here, David was talking specifically about himself, uh, King David. But as I mentioned before, David wasn't king yet. Okay. And yet he says the king, he knew it would happen. Why did he know it would happen? Because God had given him that promise. And he stood in that certain, so certain that for right now, I will rejoice because I am completely convinced that if God says it's going to happen, it says uh, those who swear by him, those who, uh, you know, you hold him in such high reverence that you exalt him enough that you would swear by his name. And, you know, and I love to think about him saying, okay, I know this is going to happen because God has promised this. You know what I know is true about me? My best days are ahead of me. I know that. I mean, sometimes I, I look, you know, I had a birthday this last week. Go, 64. I won't even make you guess. Uh, 64. Some of you are like, I thought he was older. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what do you mean, yeah? Who said that? Um, <laughs> It's just flat road, uh, but uh, the uh, but but a anyway, uh, uh, you know, as you get reflecting a little bit, and you think, oh man, that was you know some good times or, or whatever like that. I th I thought about this. I know for sure my best days are ahead. Now listen, I don't know for sure that they're going to be on this earth. I don't know what this earth holds, but I know very well my best days are ahead. I I went back to Psalm twenty three again. And I said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My best days are ahead, okay, guaranteed of that. And again, to walk in that promise. Now, I want to go back with you and, uh, and throw a, a real quick outline at you from this chapter uh, from Psalm 63, just to kind of summarize it a little bit uh, with us. So as we look at this passion that we want to develop in our love life for him, one of the things I hope we can realize is that it is ignited by, by, by the way, um, and please, I, I don't think sharing this is uh, dishonoring to my parents, but I wanted to honestly share this for a second. Uh, Francis, I often look at um, the marriage of our parents, uh, her, both her folks and mine, and we have to look and say, we really hope we don't end up there uh, because neither one, uh, they survived. Uh, they survived. They stayed married, but uh, neither. But a relationship. In one case, the communication was absolutely terrible. I mean, or non-existent. I mean, it was it was pretty tragic. And in the other case, there was just some things that were highly irregular and dysfunctional. We're, we're kind of like, and I say that to say, I mean, we look at that and we say, I want to. Uh, 
we want to pass on to our kids a different legacy. You know, we'd like to break that pattern. We'd like them to see in us what a marriage can be and what it can be older in life. And I'm so thankful. Uh, got to see Bruce come in today. I haven't seen Bruce for, Bruce for a while. But I remember when I first showed up here at church, there was a couple couples, one of them, uh, Bruce and, and May, and, and another one, um, some of you remember, uh, Betty and Lou Woods. And Betty, Betty and Lou Woods, you know, those little little couple uh and just uh, they were so much in love it was kind of creepy sometimes uh but uh you know she'd come out and she'd say yeah he sings to me every night and i'm like well that's weird uh but 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 still but still they were such an example you know of this like that and in french i looked at some different things like that and we thought man you know that's where we want to go that's what we want to have uh you know we'd like to to pattern this or anything like that and even as we were singing this morning let me tell you about my Jesus one of the best ways I think that I can uh, share with our kids going forward is that they would see in me okay something that is real in my walk and in my love with with Jesus Christ okay I want them to see that in our marriage and say hey we'd like to have our marriage like that but I want them to see that in my walk with Jesus too that uh, that hey this is something that is real that there is a real genuine passion there and that passion is ignited in here by experience David said I've seen your power and your glory Okay, reason I long for you, I have seen your power and your glory. I've seen something. I don't completely understand. Honestly, I do not get this. There is a, a lot of talk today about people who leave the faith, their faith in Jesus Christ. They use the word deconstruction, and they talk about just walking away from the, from the Lord. And, and, and I, I want to be very honest, I don't understand that. I, I really don't. I, I don't. I mean, the idea, you know, now of saying, hey, I'm going to walk away from the, my wife that I love, I mean, that, that thought never even crosses my mind. And the idea of saying, you know, if I have a relationship, I guess you can walk away from a set of beliefs, right? You can deconstruct those. But can you really walk away from a closeness and a personal relationship with somebody? I heard a story this week about a... Uh, Jehovah's Witness guy that was going to, uh, you know, he was going door to door and, uh, and one guy actually was a pastor, but he said, I want to talk to this guy. So the guy came to the door and knocked on the door and he said, can I share with you some things? He said, sure, come on in. Sit down at the table. Can I get you something to drink? And uh, the guy's sitting there and he said, and uh, so the pastor sat down and he said, what's next? The guy said, I don't know. I've never gotten this far. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, <laughs> but if, if you think about a cult member, uh, you know, that they can get this set of, <laughs> Sorry, that's funny, Dan. I don't care who you are. Uh, but uh, if you think about a cult member who gets these, uh, you know, th uh, these ideas and this set of beliefs, uh, they can hold on to that and they can present that through just like a salesman would and stuff like that. And I guess if that's all we have is this set of things that we say we hold to. But if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, how can you just say, I'm going to walk away from it? See how crucial this is. And I want to plead with you over and over again. Our faith has to be something more more than just a, a club that we've joined. Oh, yeah, I go to that church. You know, again, it's like I like the idea of being married, but maybe I don't really love this person I'm married to. I like the idea of having a quote-unquote religion. Well, forget having a religion. Get a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ through forgiveness of sin and learn uh, to develop that and walk with him and build on that relationship. David said, I've seen your power. I've seen your glory. I want more of it. I thirst for you. Is it flame by distance? Again, here he is out in the desert. Okay, people have said that in some of the internet relationships that people develop, you know, people have a long-term internet relationship with somebody in a different state. 
and they become friends. They become close. Uh, and, uh, but then eventually they decide it's time. They need to actually meet each other. They said, of course, at that point, one of two things happens. Either, or, or what they said is they will get to the place where they are no longer satisfied with a long-term relationship. Okay. Once they've experienced, I'm sorry, long distance, long term, <laughs> wrong word, totally changed the meaning. Uh, they are no longer satisfied with a long distance relationship. They want, once they've experienced that closeness. Okay. That's what David is saying here. I've known your power and your glory. I, I want to be close to you. I want to be in a sanctuary with you. I want to have this place where I meet with you. I want to be, I want to, I want to know you better, Lord. I want to draw close to you. I, I need this. I need, I need to know you better. And thirdly, about this, this passion, this desire to be with him can only, we could throw the word only in there, it can only be satisfied in his presence. <laughs> now break out a word, it's a really old song. Okay, you ready? Some of you remember this from around 1980. I think it's from the Gaither group or great Gaither era, might even be in the Gaithers. But uh, the, guy, the guy wrote, when I first fell in love with Jesus, I gave him all my heart. Well, I thought I couldn't love him more than I did right at the start. Anybody know this song? No? <laughs> you know, Bruce? All right, good. Come on. No, Pam? Somebody? Oh, she's too young. She doesn't know. Uh, but uh, when I first fell in love with Jesus, I gave him all my heart. I thought I couldn't love him more than I did right at the start. Now I look back over the mountains and the valleys where I've been, and it makes me know I love him so much more than I did then. And then they sing over and over again and over and over again. It's like the song that never ends. Uh, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I want you to think about this with me here for a second. I mentioned I've been working on this app, and it will direct me. It'll say, okay, now I want you to take like two minutes. I want you to tell Jesus that you love him. Uh, maybe it's just you repeat that over and over again. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Tell him why you love him, you know, things like that. And I, and I please, I'm being honest, this isn't me. I'm not good at that. Uh, or I, I shouldn't say I'm not, that's not natural to me, but it has been a wonderful exercise for me to push myself into that, to, to strengthen my love, to declare my love for him. You know, the old, you know, thing in marriage, you know, about the guy, you know, he says to his wife, uh, you know, she, she gripes, you never tell me you love me. And he says, I told you, you know, 40 years ago, if it ever changes, I'll, I'll let you know, uh, that idea, but that doesn't work. Does it, <laughs> that, that doesn't really build a you know, great, uh, marriage relationship. If, yeah, yeah. If anything changes, I'll let you know. Uh, so the, the thing with the Lord is, you know, is this part of our life? And, and I'm so, um, burdened by this, I guess, because, Hey, when I watch people that I know and love and I watch them again, take this step where they say, Hey, I'm walking away from the Lord. I mean, that, that's just heartbreaking. And I, again, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if they've gone into backsliding. I don't know if they never really had this relationship. They just had a bunch of facts in their head. I don't get it. But as I look out at you today, I want to plead with you folks. Don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. If we get to know him and his power and his glory and his goodness and, uh, and we draw close to him in that way, it will not, uh, it's like it's impossible because there is a relationship here. So just like I would say to you, 
uh, if you're married or in any type of relationship, I'd say to you, Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Do something, okay? You say, well, we don't make a big deal. Okay, but do something, okay? Get a rose, steal one of these flowers up here and take it home. Uh, give it to you. Yeah, you got to do something. Uh, and I would say, hey, let's do something. I want to make the same plead with you this morning. Do something, okay? As far as uh, developing and strengthening your personal relationship with him. Listen, that relationship begins when I call to Jesus for forgiveness of sin. Jesus, I know I need you. I need a Savior. And I, inv- I ask you to be that Savior. I want, I want forgiveness of sin, Lord. Would you, would you forgive me? Would you clean me up? And Jesus says, you know, with, when we do that, when we put our faith and trust in him, he says I, he adopts us into his family. But understand this. He wants that closeness. We're going to sing in a few minutes, and one of the phrases in there is, I know him as a father, and I know him as a friend. And, folks, we got to get there, okay? Getting the head knowledge, getting a set of facts and walking out of here, you can get that anywhere. Get that for a buck fifty down at the corner, okay? I mean, you can get that anywhere. But the relationship with Jesus Christ is what we want to be investing in and what I want to implore, I want to beg you to make the priority in our life. David's out there and he says, my soul longs for you, God. It's like I am so thirsty. I've got to have you, okay? I've got to have this living water. I've got to have you. I'm, I'm so thirsty like that. We want to live like that. I cannot live without you, God. Your loving kindness, that sweetness, that relationship, it is better than life. And that's what I want more than anything. I'm going to ask uh, Adam and Rachel and Barry to come on back up, and we're going, to, we're going to sing this other song. As we do, I want to invite you. Hey, honestly, maybe let, let me be like my app. Maybe you take a couple minutes and say, I do love you, Lord. I do love you. I haven't told you that for a while, but I do love you, and here's why I love you. But we will sing uh, some about that relationship and that walk that we have, that we have with him. <laughs> I, Pastor, what do you think about end times? Here's what I think. I think for sure the Bible says that things are not going to get easier. And they're not going to get easier for Christians. Sorry. Wish I could tell you differently. But we need to have this anchor in, 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 in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Church membership, great. All for it. Coming regularly, great. But I don't want this to be a substitute we're learning to develop our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want it to be a sub, okay? I want it to be part of it, an important part of it, but not a substitute. Father, would you close, I don't know how to say this, yeah, close things um, in our hearts. Help us to uh, listen to what you brought us here to tell us this day, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.